Welcome to the IMDb Journey podcast, where we break down every movie from the top 250 and give our thoughts, our reviews, and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and I'm ten times the podcaster Dean is. <laughs> and I'm Dean Jeffrey, and my friends don't sit downwind of me either. Oh, boy. <laughs> Looking at you, Hendo. <laughs> That's why you're over there. <laughs> and today we're breaking down the 1994 animated classic, The Lion King. Dean, hello. What's going on, mate? Hey, how are you? I'm doing all right, mate. That's good. Yeah. What have you been up to? I hear you had a very, very erotic weekend. Erotic? Okay. Interesting uh, analogy. It was my, my, me and my wife's eight-year anniversary. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember telling you how erotic it was. Where'd you get that idea I from? I filled in the gaps, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it was great. We ended up going out for the weekend to stay up in Melbourne to the place where we had our reception. From our wedding, which you attended. Yes, I did. Thank you for reminding me. The um, wedding, not the anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, no. Um, yeah, it's a great place. I saw I saw the photos. It looked really nice. So. Yeah, had an absolute blast. Glad you had a good time. Yeah, what about yourself? How was your golf? Uh, no, no golf. What? Yeah, no. It, it was a combination of me having to work both days on the weekend and the weather being terrible. So no golf, unfortunately, but... True golfer doesn't have any excuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair point, fair point. All right, Hendo, what are we doing today? Well, after our breakdown of The Lion King, we'll look at some reviews that you, the listeners, have given to the movie. We'll take a look at our question of the week, which is, what is your favourite 2D animated film in the non-anime category? Yes. Which will bring us into our top five of the same category, and we'll find out who has won our latest competition. That's much more simpler to win this time. All we have to do is just guess either of our number ones. Yes, pretty easy, because... Maybe guessing five is a bit asking too much from our lovely, lovely listeners. And then after all that, we'll take a look at the results of last week's Pod v Pod movie draft between us and KT and Odie from the For Your Reference podcast in our draft on Blumhouse Films. Blumhouse. And uh, that result was epic to watch, I must say. I think it, the lead changed nine times from memory over the yeah, course of the, the It was poll. really great it was to great. see. Genuine, genuine fight on Twitter. Yeah, but we'll look at the results of that later on. And then after that, we'll take a look at the results of the back half of the first round matches of the 1980s film tournament, which will lead us into our final 16 in that category. And then after that, we're going to find out what film I'm choosing for us to break down next time. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. And I must say, I think, I think I, I already, I know, I know what I'm going to pick. I've I had a couple of options, but I'm going to nail it down now. I've got, I'm, we're choosing what I'm, what I'm going to choose now. I know, I know what we're going to choose. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, you, wow. You seem really excited. Eh, we'll find out. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, God. What have you picked? We'll find out later. It's not another Hutchy choice, is it, Hendo? I'm sorry. Didn't you choose Hutchy? And that film was epic. <laughs> it was not. Don't remind me. But for the last time, let's take a look at the movie watching challenge. It's a race. It's a race. I'm winning. I'm winning. Are you, though, Hendo? I was never winning, really. I mean, you were before we realised that uh, oh, I it was, was sandbagging. That's right. I was winning before I realised that I was Which wasn't. really was against rules and should... Null and void his his uh, list. Oh, I'm okay. Anyway, with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is over now. Paul completed his 500 watches. Uh, at the same time, I think I got to 4:20 was when he finished his 500. So, well done, Paul. And, and I've just got one thing to say. It's something that you like to say. Something, something you like to add during your show, and something we like to add in ours too. So, well done, mate. 500 films. Yeah. It's weird actually hearing that when it actually fits with the dialogue. It's I good. Know. He never does it right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I am glad it's over. It gives me an opportunity to live my life. Oh, come on now. Give me the update. 
All right, Hendo, what's going on on the IMDb Top 250 list? Well, there hasn't been too much changes as usual. Usually the changes go from like two spots up, two spots down. Do we have any new additions, like any new releases that have smashed their way in? No. Surely the new Lion King's in there now, isn't it? Hasn't been released everywhere yet. Oh, okay, okay. I'll give it a week then. Yeah, give it a week or two and then surely it should be in there. Surely. Surely. No, Toy Story 4 has dropped 24 spots down to 141. That is the only real big drop I've seen. It's a decent drop. Well, you know, it just came into the list. It's going to start getting some drops. Mm. Okay. I did see that this Neon Genesis Evangelion film dropped three more spots to 219. And if you want to include a couple other films that have done a small little drop here, like To Kill a Mockingbird down to 100, Life of Brian's down to 198. But let's look at some positive things. A couple of small little uplifts. Jurassic Park is up to 179. No Country for Old Men's gone up to 156. All these little two-spot jumps they've gotten. I will put out there, though, that Avengers Endgame has dropped to 20 now and Seven Samurai has moved up to 19. Fair enough. And in terms of right down to the bottom of the list, which we always do... Dog Day. No, no Dog Day Damn. at any point in this now. Out of the list is Akira, The Legend of 1900, and Eight and a Half. And in its place is Winter Sleep, Song of the Sea, and PK. So that is your update for this fortnight on the IMDb Top 250 list. Very well done, as usual, Hendo. All right, before we get into Lion King... Please be warned, we will be spoiling it from the get-go, so if by chance you haven't had an opportunity to see The Lion King, new or old, beware, because we will be spoiling, well, at least the old one. I'm not sure why I brought up the new one there. Yeah, what are you doing? It'll, it'll be the old one. We're spoiling the old one. We haven't seen the new one, just the old one. That uh, got more a lot more complicated than it needed to be. All we had to do is a spoiler warning. So, just to reiterate, <laughs> we'll be spoiling the 1994? Yes. Wow. Um, film The Lion King. All right, Dean, let's get into it, mate. Hey, kid, what's eating you? I don't want to talk about it. He looks blue. I'd say brownish gold. No, no, no. I mean, he's depressed. Anything we can do? Not unless you can change the past. He grew up hoping to leave his old life behind. I know who you are. You're Mufasa's boy. You're the king. King? Have you got your lions crossed? You know my father? Correction. I know your father. He died a long time ago. Nope. Wrong again. <laughs> He's alive. And I'll show him to you. All right, Dean, The Lion King, released in 1994. That's some year, that 94. 94, what a cracker. Quite good. We've got some voice actors here, Dean. Let's just go through them alphabetically. Alphabetically? Yes. Courtesy of IMDb. Rowan Atkinson. Of course, Zazu. Matthew Broderick. Yep, old Simba. Whoopi Goldberg. Shenzi. Jeremy Irons. Scar. Nice. James Earl Jones. Mustafa, yeah. Mustafa. All right. Austin Powers. Moira Kelly. She would be old Nala, who I know from playing Karen in One Tree Hill. You know that because I got you to watch One Tree Hill. Please don't say that in public, okay? (laughs) It's embarrassing for both of us. One Tree Hill. That would be my uh, guilty pleasure TV show. Yes. Nathan Lane. Yes, Timon. Cheech Marin. Cheech. Oh, Bonsai. They were supposed to have Chong. Bonsai or Banzai? One of the two. Yeah. They're going to get Chong in there too. Yeah, Cheech and Chong as uh, the hyena. No, as Timon and Pumbaa, was it? Because uh, they had Nathan Lane and the other guy as, as the hyenas, but realised how great they were and put them as Timon and Pumbaa. Interesting. Yes, it was. Madge Sinclair as well. Uh, the Queen. 
Yes. Sarabi. And Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Young Simba. Where do you know him from? Uh, Man of the House. Jungle to Jungle. No, that's Tim Allen. Getting even I'm with, thinking of Tim Allen because it's Home Improvement. Getting even with Dad, was that Home him? Improvement. Home getting, Improvement. Getting even with Dad, wasn't that Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, it was too. Ted Danson? Yeah, obviously Ted Danson. Um, yeah, this was actually Jonathan Taylor Thomas's first uh, foray into feature films after, obviously, the hugely successful Home Improvement. Boy, did it go downhill from here. Which is odd. He was huge, this guy. Yeah, because he was a young kid. And then he went on and grew up and he lost his child star power. Yeah, tough tough gig to uh, maintain that childhood fame, isn't it? It is. Uh, but music by Hans Zimmer. Yeah, did not realise that. Really? I mean, did you know before watching this and all that? Oh, you're giving me the look like, yes. yeah, no shit on you. I'm Daniel Henderson. Um, yeah, no, he won an Oscar for this, <laughs> did Hans Zimmer. As- That's how I finish every no. sentence. I'm Daniel Henderson. <laughs> That's how you start every podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, no, let's talk Oscars. Yes, it did win. Best song, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Yes, Elton John with lyrics from Tim Rice. Interestingly, Can You Feel the Love Tonight was actually, they were going to use it as a Timon and Pumbaa exclusive love song and Elton John sort of stepped in and was like, what the fuck uh, are you what? doing? <laughs> this is the huge romantic piece. You must make it with Simba and Nala. Now, they did bookend it with Timon and Pumbaa, yes. which works really well. So, Did you know, though, that this wasn't the only Lion King song that was nominated that year for Best Original Song? It was one of three. Ooh, I did not know that. Yes, Circle of Life and Hakuna Matata also was nominated for Best Original Song. Makes sense. And Hans Zimmer also won for Best Original Score. Now, Hans Zimmer actually hesitated on the idea of composing music for a children's animated film. But he did eventually join production after warming up to the story, which reminded him of his respective relationships with his father and daughter. His attitude towards animated films eventually changed throughout the course of his involvement in the film's production. He later called his experience on working on The Lion King one of his greatest in his professional career. Yeah, obviously great work, which is something that I had overlooked. Like, I remember the songs. I didn't remember how great the actual score was in this film. I'm still recommending Hans Zimmer Live in Prague because all all these well-known Lion King songs are in there too. It's... Wow, so good. And this is directed by Roger Ellers and Rob Minkoff. Now, obviously, this is a movie that has a lot of lions. Yes. Clearly. And are you going to say what I think you're going to say about the roaring? There was no actual lion roaring in this film. This was all done by Frank Welker, and they decided they wanted to do this because producers wanted a specific sounding roar for each lion. They didn't want to have the, the same roar going. If they got one lion audio clip of roaring, they would have used it for each individual lion. Yeah, impressive roaring. He does a good job with his roar. Yeah. But as always, we like to talk about casting choices. Rufasa. Liam Neeson. That would work. Timothy Dalton. I don't know him well enough. You reckon Liam, Liam Neeson would have worked well? Well, he voiced Aslan, for God's sake. That is sake. a very good point. All right. And he's, he's got that deep, powerful voice. Oh, yeah, for sure that would work. But the scriptwriters actually envisioned Sean Connery. Yeah, that would not work. Could you imagine Sean Connery? Eh, Mufasa. What was that? <laughs> that was not Scottish. And a great circle of life. Yeah, it, it, it's, it would take you out Everything the light touches is our kingdom. <laughs> Why you talk so fast? I don't know. So you could not get my accent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard that. Uh, oh, it, uh, there's so much interesting stuff with this movie. This was actually the Disney B team working on this film. Disney thought that Pocahontas would be their next huge hit. Mm-hmm. They had all their best people working on it. They were thinking it would probably be nominated for Best Picture, much like Beauty and the Beast a few years earlier. Yep. But slowly, as production went on, they started to realise 
how great this Lion King film was coming on. Really, really good. Yeah, and I have sma- not smashed Pocahontas. I have not even aspect. seen Pocahontas. Oh, I watched it for the first time a couple months ago. Oh, yes, you did. But back to some casting choices. Let's look at Scar. Yeah, James Kahn. Okay. Robert Duvall. Yeah. Tim Curry. See, that is great. <laughs> Tim Curry. What are, you, what are you envisioning here? You, you... I'm envisioning Home Alone 2. <laughs> That'd be awesome. When his face morphs into the Grinch, you know, that that evil. Yes. <laughs> and we also had uh, Malcolm McDowell as well. I mean... He's got that gruffy voice. Does he? I don't know if he had it at this point in, in his life at 94, but I know now he's definitely got that voice. Interesting decisions. Glad they went with Jeremy Irons. Oh, Jeremy Irons, fantastic. What about Zazu? They almost had John Cleese. Again, that would work. Yeah, but he declined because he wanted to do the Swan Princess instead. Whoops. Whoopsie. Whoops. Whoopsie. But Rowan Atkinson, I mean, he's awesome. Perfect casting. Yeah, he is awesome. Before we move away from casting, just interesting that James Earl Jones and Madge Sinclair, who play Simba's, uh, you know, Mom and parents, Dad. the, the king, king and queen, queen of uh, this African pride lands here, actually play the king and queen in Coming to America. Oh, did you like Coming to America? No, I did not. Oh my God. You're missing the point. They're playing king and queen again, Hendo. This was actually Madge Sinclair's last role before she passed away a year later too. Oh, was, did she, was she old? No, I think it was... Um, sickness. Yep. Sickness, yeah. Okay. So the original concept for the production design here was to stylize the backgrounds to invoke this colourful and graphic nature of African fabric patterns and tribal art. However, they felt like it gave the film an overly stylized quality, so the production team opted for the epic mystical feel that we see in the film now. Interesting. Also, I saw that the animating crew had to actually finish animation from their homes because there was a huge earthquake in California. A huge what? An earthquake. Ah, what was the thing you said? Earthquake? Earthquake. Earthquake. There was an earthquake. <laughs> the earth was quickly moving. Ooh. That's more. That's worse than my Sean Connery, man. Ah, that's terrible. Don't t- talk to me about bad accents when you say whatever random jargon that was. So obviously this plot is based loosely off Hamlet as well as biblical stories of Moses and Joseph. Mm. Hmm. I, I don't know... Too much about Hamlet. I don't know much about Shakespeare, in all honesty. I know I was taught this in school, but this is where I shut out. All right. Uh, Hamlet. Isn't there like an Ophelia? I don't... Oh, maybe I did read Hamlet in school. It was definitely... If I did do it, it would be the least one we actually studied. Did Caesar in Great Length, Romeo and Juliet, obviously... I think I did, did Macbeth. I was I was heavily into drama, so I think I did a play for Midsummer's Night's Dream. Is that Shakespeare? I have no idea. Okay. I actually did. Actually, you want to talk about plays? I did the Lion King play in school. Wow. Who yes. were you? I was uh not I'm trying I'm trying to think of a funny one here. Well, I wasn't the problem is I wasn't in, you know, grade 6 so all the speaking parts went to grade 6 people. Actually, uh... I will say Brother Shane played Scar. Brother Shane. It's like it's, it's like, like a, a religious yeah, figure. It's like father. <laughs> Brother Shane. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no. It was good fun. Like really good fun. I actually remember um colouring or not me personally, my mother, um, colouring in black dots on yellow tracksuit to represent like a cheetah. Wow. <laughs> it's that sort of production. But it was a lot of fun. We um we enjoyed it. But no, let's talk about inspiration for this film, shall we? Are we talking about Kimber the White Line? Oh my god, have you researched this? No. This is a joke. Now, Disney heavily marketed The Lion King as like their first you know, major original idea because a lot of their movies are based off fables and, you know, stuff in mythology, all that sort of stuff. 
This was heavily marketed as an original Disney story, etc., etc. You research everyone. Kimba the White Lion, it is scarily the same. Disney say it's coincidental, though. Matthew Broderick signed on because he he said it was the Kimba the White Lion. Like, this is a comic from the 50s that went on to have a an animated series in the 60s. And it's funny because this, this creator, I think his name was Tezuka in Japan, he loved Disney. And he said that Kimba the White Lion was heavily influenced by Bambi. Right. But what's amazing is that they actually started making these films at the same time. So you had The Lion King and you had um, Kimber the White Lion. I think it was called King of the Jungle. And this, this Kimber the White Lion movie came out a few years after Lion King and they got sent like emails from Disney or phone calls from Disney, like cease and desist. This yeah. is a blatant ripoff of our Lion King. And they were like, how dare you? This is, we came up with this. Like, it's really, I, I strongly recommend, like the characters are the same. There's a, a Zazu character. There's a baboon character. There's a Scar with the weird face. There's obviously Kimba, Simba. Even the Simpsons reference it when Bleeding Gun Murphy appears out of the clouds. He's like, oh, Kimba. Yes. I mean, Simba. It's the same. Honestly, it is crazy how similar this stuff is. So why didn't they get, did they sue and win or was? Well, no, because you can't. The, you can't beat Disney. You can't beat Disney. They're like, they had, you know, 20 of the best lawyers in the world. You're not going to beat Disney. They just can't afford to go that, up against that them. That reminds me of Simpsons when you got Lionel Hutz who comes in. This would be the, the Tetsuku company. He's like, Mr. Burns, we've got witnesses, precedent and a paper trail a mile long. We made Kimba and then you got Mr. Burns who's Disney, who's like, Yes, well, I have ten high-priced lawyers. <laughs> All right, this has a runtime of 88 minutes. Thank you, Disney. Yes. Love a, love a less than 90-minute film. Yes. But it did premiere on the 15th of June in 1994 with a budget of $45 million and grossed $313 million for second for the year in America and worldwide grossed $987 million for the highest grossing film of the year. The highest grossing 2D animated film of all time. For the year, it grossed more than any film made that year. Yes. Animated and, or non-animated. And I'm saying it was the highest grossing 2D film of all time. Well, yeah, it would be. Yes. This is also the best-selling home video of all time. You know, it actually won a... It's one of three animated films to win a Golden Globe for Best Picture, musical or comedy. Yes. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. You, so you know what the other two are? I believe it was Toy Story 2. Correct. Uh, and I feel like it's Beauty and the Beast. Yes, also correct. And apparently that can never happen again yeah, because since then they've created category. the yeah. animated character category. And I guess there's a rule saying animated can't be nominated in the other categories. Well, that's why they have the animated car- category, apparently. Yeah, still. This was the last Disney film to be supervised by Jeffrey Katzenberg before he went off to form DreamWorks. Yes. Quite a quite a film to finish up on. There's also a Broadway musical of The Lion King that opened up in 1997. I heard that it's the highest selling property of anything. When you take into Sounds account right, yeah. merchandise, TV shows, the other movies and the, the um, stage stuff... I feel like if MCU is a property, that would be higher. Yeah. Yeah. But I think at the time of the video I was watching on this, <laughs> it was... It, okay, I'll put it this way. It was, at one point, the highest grossing uh, property. I remember having toys as a kid of it. Did you get the toys? None, I had that, these, I can, none I, that I can remember. I had these toys where I remember they would have a little square on the like the back of the lion's neck, and he'd push it, and the front paws would move. Yeah, that sounds like something I probably would have had too. Yeah, they were awesome toys. But, of course, 
this has been reimagined into a live action release this year. And uh, I still don't know how I feel about that. Well, I, for one, I'm excited. So I'll be definitely taking the family, all of us, to yeah. see a movie. And it's so rare. I think only one time before the five of us have actually gone to the movies together because Zara, my youngest, is four years old. Yeah. So I'm, I'm confident she'll be okay with this. Yeah, she'll be fine. Yeah, she watches a lot worse, I tell you now. <laughs> but as usual, let's take a look at the history of The Lion King on the IMDb Top 250 list. So its first entry into the list was back in 1996 on the 26th of April. And about two years later, it had dropped out of the list. Steady decline and wasn't in the list for a very long time. It did finally come back into the list in early 2007. And since then, has just gradually skyrocketed. That's amazing. To number 44 on the list. It spent years out of this list. Yeah. And it spent, it spent the last, what, 12 years. Heading up to number 44 with an 8.5 average. so high. Over 842,000 ratings. I mean, deservedly so. All right, Hendo, you got a plot summary for us here? I do. A lion cub crown prince is tricked by a treacherous uncle into thinking he caused his father's death and flees into exile and despair, only to learn in adulthood his identity and his responsibilities. What do you think of that one? I mean, you may as well say returns and kills uncle. Yes. That's the entire film. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. All right, mate, let's get into it. Nah! Yeah, beat me to it. <laughs> it is so great. Honestly. What a is... song. <sighs> what do you say about this opening this shot, This opening. Apparently, they would use this as a trailer. They didn't even have, like, a proper trailer. They would just play this opening circle of life, and it would just blow everyone away. Yeah, they wanted to use this entire opening shot as the first trailer because they figured this will get everyone into it. They did it, and then it became so successful that everyone started to get nervous, like, oh, my God, is this even going <laughs> to the expectations anymore? <laughs> yeah. But this whole opening... Opening scene, man. Uh, Gorgeous. Beautiful animation. The way the the all the animals are like raising their heads, they're yeah. looking up. This this song as well. Oh. Even yeah, like and you see like even these camera shots, like you see the these tiny ants crawling along the tree and then it changes focus to like the biggest of elephants, you know? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how big you are, what sort of animal you are, like you're all a part of this this circle of life. Everything feeds off each other everything gets you know goes through the cycle and everything thrives this way it's really you know to say everything's connected it's it's, a, it's an important message it is you see them all heading to somewhere they're going somewhere we don't know yet pride rock pride rock of course it's it pride is. rock endo thank you i didn't know where they were going thank you for telling me that great shot of following zazu that's fantastic yeah. especially as it comes over the horizon circle life as yeah. as he flies all the way up to Pride Rock where Mufasa's standing there waiting. This sets everything up, basically. All you need to know. Everyone bows down. This is the new prince. This is the king. They're welcoming him into the life. Yeah, it's- and it just it hits the highest of highs when Rafiki holds up baby Simba. And it's it's so iconic, this shot. It is. And then just the way it finishes, that bang, as the, as the top oh, comes up. And the Lion King. king. Yeah. Like, wow. My God. Amazing. But we fade in to Scar. He wasn't at the ceremony. Life's not fair, is it? What a mope. <laughs> He's so, such a downer. I know. You see, I will never be king, and you will never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really, it really is a great intro to Scar. It's actually interesting because what Scar says there, both things he says are not true. Yeah. So Scar will become king, and the mouse gets away. So take that, yeah. Scar. Not so smart, are you, mate? But Zazu comes in. Like Scar missed the ceremony. That was today? <laughs> He's so condescending, this guy. He loves it. The animators were actually so impressed with Jeremy Irons' performance that they worked uh, Jeremy Irons' features into Scar's face, made him look a little bit more like him. Yeah, okay. 
Why wouldn't they just do that anyway? Probably because they'd already done it by the time he was cast. Ooh, I quiver with fear. It's really good. Jeremy Irons is really, really good in this. He's his portrayal here is Scar. Like that, it's that voice, man. Yeah, like it's so good. He he knows how to be aggressive and fear like fearful at, at the points he needs to be. Mm. Did you notice that his claws always out? Are always out. The only yep. one in the the only line in the film to have his claws out every single time. Yep, that's good. That's a nice little touch. It is. But then Mufasa rocks up. James Earl Jones. What do you do? You think James Earl Jones, Darth Vader, or James Earl Jones, Mufasa? That's not even a question. It's Darth. Well, I Vader. just asked a question. It's Darth Vader. Does anyone think Mufasa? I reckon there's some people out there. Do you? I think more Field of Dreams. If we're being honest, I feel more Sandlot. Damn, I forgot he was in that. <laughs> The Sandlot Kids to us Australians. That's true. Mm. Yeah, when I heard this movie called The Sandlot, I'm like, what? Yeah. Finish the title. <laughs> but this whole back and forth with Scar here and Mufasa really sets up their troublesome relationship here. Don't turn your back on me, Scar. Oh, no, Mufasa. Perhaps you shouldn't turn your back on me. <laughs> Is that a challenge? Temper, temper. Oh. Yeah, and that's what's great about Mufasa is he captures that that perfect mix of genuine care and love for everyone. Yeah. But at the same time always has that aggression and power. He has to. He's the, always has that yeah, power. And he's I think the king. James Earl Jones just captures that that power in his voice Big, so masterfully. Voice. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, like Mufasa is one of the all-time great dads. He's, oh, yeah, he he's is. amazing. He is. Wonderful father, like an epic king. He's one of the best. Yeah. Actually, in early drafts, Scar was supposed to be a rogue lion with no relation to Mufasa at all. However, they did feel like the, the story would be a lot better if you could relate Mufasa to a brother. Yeah, a lot of people point out that, you know, the male lion will kill other rivals, mm. so it doesn't make sense that there's an, you know, a brother there. Also, that Nala, if she's in that pride, would be... Simba's half brother, at least half sister. Yes, half sister, at least. But if that's—I that's mean, really, how, this is a kids' cartoon. But it, that's how it need, is with lions. You need to look past this stuff. That's how it is with lions. That smaller packs—it's sometimes it's going to happen. Like they don't think of it like we do. So anyone who says that, like, oh my god, do you imagine? So obviously, obviously, the male lion is the only male lion in each in each pride. Yeah. So, so it must get to a point where the the young male lion just leaves to make his own. Way in the world. Pretty much. Find another pack. Or maybe even challenge his father, I guess. That's why they were going to have Scar not be his brother, because if he's part of a different pack, they, Mufasa wouldn't feel the need to kill him to be the only male in his in his, in his pride. Mm. But they felt like to go with the, the relationship here is to yeah, get, well, get a bit more closeness. It does work better. Yeah. And like you said, it's a kid's film. Yeah. I never thought it. about this stuff until I saw it come up on my trivia and people started mentioning this, you know, oh, it's incest. I'm like, oh. Really? Why are you doing this? We get this random scene with Rafiki here. Yep. Probably not necessary. Well, we get him later on putting the beard around him. The beard? Yeah, the mane? The, the, no, I think I think beard's right. It's good. Goaty. Uh, it's good score, though. Nice, like, stormy oh, this, weather. Oh, my God. The score throughout this entire film, I can see why he won. It's very clear why he won. Yeah, it's a great score. But little joyful Simba, he wakes up. Yes, classic little shit kids. <laughs> like... Hey, wake up. I'm awake. No, go away. I'm sleeping. Yes. <laughs> but uh, no. there was some there was a line that Mufasa says here that I never really thought about. Before sunrise, he's your son. And what he's meaning here is because what he says later, everything the light touches is our kingdom. And the fact that the sun isn't out yet, it's not his problem. I've got nothing to do with him. Mm, no. Seems a bit bit of a stretch. A little bit. A little bit. Well, 
Find it adds an extra layer to the line. Why not? What about that shadowy place? You must never go there. You must never go there, Simba. <laughs> like, obviously, he's going to want to go there. As soon as, yeah, as soon as you say, don't go there. You mean that super secretive, mysterious, awesome dark place? Nah, don't go there. You just said what it was. It's That's what it is. Don't bother going there. Just say, like, that's the hyena's home. Yeah, and if you go there, they will rip you apart. Mm. So don't go there, please. Yes. But it is a great discussion here. Like all these discussions with Mufasa and Simba, he's just teaching him. I I love this line where Mufasa says, um, "There's more to being king than getting your way all the time." And Simba comes back with, "There's more." <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally misinterprets the tone of what he's yeah. saying. It's like, like Mufasa's obviously saying, like, "There's more. Like, there's hard stuff you need to do. It's not all fun and yeah, games. It's not, it's not all about." And him he's all the just time. like, "There's even more than yeah. getting your way." <laughs> <laughs> really funny. But yeah, we've already mentioned, I just want to mention it again, like, especially in this scene, the animation throughout this whole film is just, they don't make them like they used to. Like, everything is 3D these days. Everything is what, you know, live action remakes and CGI. This classic 2D animation, it's fantastic. Like, it stands the test of time. It's 25 years later and it's still pristine. It's still perfect. But I mean, animation for the most part does stand time. Not 3D. Uh, give me an example. Have you not seen any of those really dodgy computer animated cartoons that get made on a, a dime? Like Norm of the North. I don't know what that is. Okay, because it's not a good CGI movie. It's bad animation. Okay. Is that a recent film, Norm of the North? Yeah, a couple of years ago. Are you trying to say that every animated film stands the test of time? Every three, Any type of animation stands the test of time and you could watch it in 20 years' time and go, man, that looks fantastic. I just mean I don't think animation does fail in the same way that, that film does. But I'm talking about 2D animated films and how they don't, you don't see a lot of 2D animated films being made these days. Hardly any. And it's all 3D animation and half of it looks like garbage. Okay. That's what I meant. Okay. But Zazu pops up to give the morning report. And I tell you, I've seen, like I said, I've seen this film many, many times. Some of these lines that Zazu says here, I've never picked up on before. Like what? All the animal puns here. The buzz from the bees is that the leopards are a bit of, are in a bit of a spot. <laughs> the baboons are going ape. The giraffes are acting like they're above it all. <laughs> Even t- on this one, I didn't pick up on this. <laughs> I told the elephants to forget it, but they can't. <laughs> and the last one, cheetahs never prosper. Because they're cheating. Yes. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> he says as he shakes his head. See, every time I, this scene would come on, I would be focusing on Mufasa teaching Simba how to pounce. And that's all in the background, very rough background. That's great that they've put that in there. Yes, but we do get the uh, groundhog. Yeah, I think so. Nice. Come in with the hyenas in the Pride Lands. There has been a special edition movie of The Lion King that's come out, I think maybe around 2000, yeah. which had a couple of extra scenes, including this song that they were had here called Morning Report. And this groundhog was going to sing this morning report about the, uh, the Pride Lands. Damn. Um, did you – I read that there was actually a Mufasa song that was taken out because James Earl Jones can't sing. Or at least I think the way they put it was it didn't suit his singing style. Yeah, something like that. That would have been terrible. Yes, glad they kept that one out. Yes. We don't need to hear Mufasa singing. What a weird. In fairness, they pulled off Scar singing, so. Oh, Jeremy Irons does all right. Yeah. But we get a nice little interaction here between Simba and Scar. Got- Simba is the biggest little shit like, seriously, this, I know he doesn't realise what's going on, but if you look at this from Scar's point of view, this little kid is really rubbing it in your face. I'm going to be the king of everything. Well, he's a kid. I'm he's so a, awesome. This is what they do, these little kids. They just, they if they have something they know they're going to be getting or they just rub it in. And Scar says something and Simba's just like, <laughs> You're so weird. 
You have no idea. <laughs> oh, only the bravest of lions go there. It's really, like, it's it's great what Scar does here, manipulating Simba. Yeah, the whole uh, an elephant graveyard isn't the best place for it. Ooh, I've Oops. said too much. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the look of Scar, though. The black lion, the scar on his eye, obviously, the green eyes. You ever thought about the whole fact that no, his name's Scar? No, I didn't think yeah, of it. Do you? Do you think about it? No, it's a kids' film. It's okay to have things what, like this. What a rough childhood that Scar would have had. I'm sure he's fine. Did he have a scar when he was born. Is that why they called him Scar? Did he call him Scar later because he got a scar? Maybe in a fight with Mufasa. Maybe. Surely it would have scarred him for life. That's what it's like to feel like to be Dean. Oddly unsettling. Are you done? <laughs> Moving on. Stop it. <laughs> oh, another nice little scene here with uh, Simba and Nala where they just, they want to go off. Like, obviously, he wants to go to the elephant graveyard and he tells the parents, like, uh, we're going to the, the, the waterhole. And Nala, she's like, the waterhole? What's so great about the waterhole? I'll show you when we get there. <laughs> but we get the, uh, the Zazu tagging along with them. This is great. Says they're going to be married. Nah, I love Zazu's line. Step lively. The sooner we get to the waterhole, the sooner we can leave. But yeah, they bring it up here. They, they're they saying, you know, we're gonna, you're going to get married. And they're like, oh, this is like, she's my friend. And they're like, well, that doesn't matter. This is what happens. This is what's good. And this whole big story, this whole big discussion that everyone's been going on about these days with the Lion King. Aren't they brother and sister? This is disgusting. Ugh, just stop it. Yeah. Don't overthink these things. What do you make of the I Can't Wait to Be King song? It's fun. Bit of fun. Probably the weakest of the songs. Uh, okay. Going through my Lion King songs. What do we got? Circle of Life is better. Be Prepared is better. But I'll just say for now that Just Can't Wait to Be King is not as good as Circle of Life. Okay. And we'll see where we go from there. Okay. But this whole setup of this song, the nice colourful Very colourful. stuff you got going on, I remember... This mainly because of the Sega Mega Drive game of The Lion King. I remember the stage. Do you ever play The Lion King? I wasn't Sega. Didn't they have it on Nintendo or anything? I don't know. I I didn't have it. But this stage was ridiculously hard. I remember that because- Sucks when an early stage is that hard. Yeah. I remember the big point of this level was that you would have to jump onto like a certain flamingo's leg and it would catapult you to all these different kinds of legs and land you somewhere in the stage. And you need to find the exact way. And sometimes it would, like, throw you off the stage and you die. And, like, it took me forever to get to that, to get to the end of that level. It's a tough childhood. I know. Distraught me. Sounds like you would have been scarred on the inside, Hendo. That's right. Mother of God. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, a bit unbelievable, some of this stuff. Are you crying? What? Your eyes are so... (laughs) <laughs> we're, not even, we're not even at the Mufasa scene yet. But no, a few things that are a bit unbelievable here. Riding ostriches. You're talking about a movie where... You have a pyramid of animals and then the giraffes get their necks entwined. Where a, have li- you ever a lion seen- hangs out with a, a warthog, eats bugs. Have you ever this seen- is unbelievable. Have you ever seen a giraffe fight? Do they like headbutt each other? Yeah, they like whip. Yeah. They whip their necks into each other. It's fucking brutal. Well, that's how they fight. They can't use their skinny little legs. I mean, they can. They would fail miserably. No, they turn around and back kick. They're not horses. They have legs that kick, yeah. Not not strong like horses. That's why they use their big, strong, long, tough necks. Mmm. Ugh. It's <laughs> weird. Do people eat giraffe? Don't think so. I've never seen giraffe. 
on the menu. Ah, oh, but like, I'm sure people have eaten giraffe before. Never heard of an instance of people eating giraffe. Probably easy to catch. Be a lot of uh, preparation. Because they're so big. What about like elephant? Would you, like the, would you like the neck? Do people eat elephant? No. Because they can't get into it? Probably. I don't know. I just think. How about you leave all the endangered species alone, all right? <laughs> Elephants aren't endangered, are they? All these, all these people. All Giraffes these, certainly aren't endangered. All these animals out in Africa. Just no, I don't want to eat them. I'm just thinking about. cows. You know, right? like. Ca- I don't want to eat a cow. You don't want to eat a cow? I mean, I'll eat, I'll eat a cow. Sure. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's your choice? What's your preference of meat then if you're not saying cow? No, cow. Cow's good. Cow's good? Yeah. Yeah. Cow's good. Pig? No, pig's good. Bacon's good. Oh, this wonderful, magical creature. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Lion King. We get Simba and Nala, Pinja, Pinja again. Yep. And they roll into the elephant graveyard. Not bad. Good design here. Yeah, Quite nice a dark scary, and mysterious. The huge elephant um, skull yep. with the tusk coming out was really good. And Simba's obviously acting all tough. I laugh in the face of danger, whatnot. But the hyenas show up. Yes. This is where the danger is. I am the danger. Says Shenzai. Yeah. Shenzai, Bonsai, Ed, and Walt. <laughs> nice. In fairness, we can probably lose Ed. I mean, Ed, he's there for a little comic gag. By literally just laughing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, okay. Makes the other two look smarter. So it's funny because uh, hyenas, I've read up, actually are basically on like equal playing field with lions. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I think I still base most of my hyena knowledge off this film. <laughs> I mean, am I alone here? Like, I think hyenas, I just think the Lion King. Yeah, like, of course. They are the dirty scavengers, the bad guys. Whereas lions apparently scavenge off hyena kills as much as the other way. Well, there you go. There you go. I don't know. The more I you just, know. I just thought it was interesting because it definitely, it definitely makes me think of hyenas as a certain way. Zazu says something interesting here. He says ex-nay on the Upid's Day. Do you know what that means? I mean, Upid's Day is obviously stupid. What's ex-nay? Do you know what that- Next- X, oh, Pig Latin, yeah. Okay, good. I was I didn't know if you knew what Pig oh, Latin Oh, no, no, no. I know okay. what Pig Latin is. Cool. All right, just, just so what's the rest? I haven't. What's the rest of it before Ix, stupid? Ixnay. So, nay. Don't. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was. I didn't know if you knew Pig Latin or not. I mean, most people know what Pig Latin is, don't they? I hope so. You hope so? Well, I assume- It's very caring of you, Hendo. Oh, I hope they do. I hope <laughs> they got their, their knowledge on Pig Latin down pat. Yeah, I don't know. Pig Latin. Who invented Pig Latin? And don't say pigs. Damn it. Okay, what do we got? Whoopee. What'd you make a whoopee? It's all right. It's pretty good. There ain't no way I'm going in there. <laughs> what, you want me to come out looking like you? Cactus <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, pretty good, pretty good. I like <laughs> saying now the hyenas are big on their puns. You know, make mine a cub sandwich. <laughs> Whatever's lying around. Lion, get it? Oh, no, I didn't until off. Oh, he gets it. Oh, thank you. I was racking my brain for ages. That stuff's good. I like that stuff. That's my wheelhouse, you know. But all this nonsense talk gives them an opening to run away. It's a nice little, you know, I guess a slight action scene here with the music, uh, the tension ever increasing. Yep. But they get cornered anyway. Now Simba gets a, a shot out, a little scratch on the on the face. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Zazu gets stuck in the birdie boiler. Not the birdie boiler. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. It was. That's right. It's great how they do introduce Mufasa here. With the, the, raw. the raw where Simba's trying to that roar. That was it? Yeah. Do it again. Uh, uh, big raw, especially when it mimics. Uh, yeah. Very very well done. And how can you say you got to get rid of Ed when uh, he gives away their cover? Oh, this bit was yeah, a bit a bit cringy. You no, know. it's fine. It's a kid's film. 
they do like the the rattle. Yeah, the, uh, I laughed. I loved it. But this next scene, Mufasa talking to Scar. You deliberately disobeyed me. It's great. I think it's really good. Especially the shot where Simba puts his paw in mm, Mufasa's imprint. That like, was good. Showing just how little he's, he is. He's definitely got a long way to go. Yeah. And the yeah. score again is amazing. The score's great. I thought the performance um, from Jonathan Taylor Thomas, he was really good. Yeah, he does. Like, he really... really he f- you can hear the the fear, the hurt, the yeah, the embarrassment come through. I th- actually thought Simba was really good here. But he's such a very forgiving father, isn't he? It's immediately... It's like, yeah, like he's so angry, but then... He's, he, he uses this as an opportunity to teach, like, I'm only brave when I have to be. You yeah. know, like, it's it's good stuff. I was definitely scared today. Worried about you. <laughs> Losing you. I admit, this got this got a bit touching for me. It is, it's good. Yeah, it was a good scene. He talks about death as well and the stars. Oh, and then Simba, this is what killed me. We're pals, right? We'll always be together, right? It's like, oh, no. <laughs> But uh, And it's at this point we get the, uh, well, funny you say that. Just so you know, all kings, when they die, they turn into stars. So Yeah, just Ooh. we need that little bit of uh, knowledge to happen yeah. right about now because we cut to Scar talking to the hyenas. Mm. About- I, I really like this scene. It's very good. Showing his dominance over these hyenas. He's the one behind the curtains trying to sort out what's going on here. And I just hear that name and I shudder. Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> Do it again. I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> no king, no king, la 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 la. <laughs> Fools, there will be a king. Let's talk about that song. Be prepared. Oh, do you not like Be Prepared? It's it's my favourite. Oh, Lion thank king song. God. Love Be Prepared. Be Prepared is awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I genuinely thought you were going to trash on it. No, though. no, no. This is a this is an amazing song. It's done yeah. so well. All the um, like the Nazi symbolism yeah. with the hyenas marching underneath him. Yeah. That's so powerful. And the the image of like when the the song first starts, you get Scar walking towards the camera with the green puffs of smoke yeah. as he's like, you know, like prowling towards you. And it's, even towards the end, when when everyone's standing in their own little piece of rock and it's all shooting up into the air with the big red flames and, and smoke coming up, it's it's fantastic. Be Actually. Jim Cummings, who did the voice of Ed, he had to fill in for Jeremy Irons uh, for the last bit of Be Prepared because Jeremy Irons threw his voice out after performing the line, you won't get a sniff without me. Mm. That's a fantastic song. Actually, <laughs> looking at the censors and stuff around this film, obviously they didn't want to get a PG rating, but one of the biggest things was when Scar pulls out the hunk of zebra meat, mm. they had to dull down the colour of the pink and make it... You know, a, a greyer pink yeah. because of, uh, yeah, they didn't want it to be violent. Yeah, well, I don't blame them. Great song. Amazing song. But this is the turning point of the film. Dean, Scar, politely gets Simba to sit down on this rock and they awaken the stampede, which is my... Excellent! Okay, fair enough. I I mean, it's a big scene. Yep. It's a long scene, a long chunk to be considered my favourite. But if you're going with it, so am I. It's it's there's so much good stuff here. Even let's start with the the actual wildebeest running. Yeah, they had to invent a new computer program so that the wildebeest wouldn't run through each other, so that they would have each wildebeest react to having another wildebeest next to them and avoid them. It took them three years to animate this scene. Yeah, it's crazy. It's an amazing scene. The score again. Oh, 
It's, the score. Yeah, the score's fantastic. It's so on point. You get glimpses of the actual danger that not just Simba is in, but Mufasa too. Like, when Mufasa gets in there and you see him get trampled on a yeah, bit, yeah. you just you know, like, it's not just Simba that's the one in danger here. That's how you get that set up there. Just this whole stampede is, is so gripping. And even though you know what's going to happen, it's yeah. still so... Yeah. Epic. Yeah. And seeing like Mufasa like grab Simba and throw him to safety and then yeah. he gets carried away in this thing. And then you get just this probably my favourite shot of the entire film, where you have Mufasa lower than Scar and Scar's just ripped his claws into him. Yeah. And you hear like Mufasa like Scar Brother Help me And Scar gives those brutal, brutal words. No the king. And you see him get thrown off. And the that, camera work. That, <sighs> that, that zoom out from Simba. Yeah. Oh, getting chills just from talking about it. And man. then when you when you include the dad, this come is on, you got to get up. It's so sad. It's heart-wrenching. I'm not ashamed to admit that I've let the tears flow many times watching you, the scene. You gotta go home. Including the time I watched it recently. Are you too good for your home? <laughs> what are you doing? You're ruining a perfect moment. It's so sad. Even the, like, the big help and it echoes yeah. around the ravine at the end. true testament to the power of Disney and how they can just they can get you so emotional oh they really do but Scar again manipulating Simba what have you done yeah it basically convinces him that he's the one that did it and no one ever means for this to happen it's like what does tell him to run away Simba run run away and never return but then immediately kill him to the hyenas why did he just kill him because we wouldn't have a second half of this movie. Yeah. But the hyenas let him get away, obviously. They don't want to go into the brambles. You ever come back? We'll kill ya. It's a nice little threat. Interesting when Scar goes back to the lionesses. Actually, I forgot to mention, um, the lionesses don't actually have any whiskers in this film. Only the male lions do. Oh, I never noticed that. Because it was actually so incredibly hard, apparently, <laughs> to animate whiskers. Like, yeah. every whisker had to be on a separate sheet. Yeah. Like, it was really, really difficult, so they just said, fuck it, women don't have it. It's fine. But, <laughs> yeah, Scar's selling, Yeah, I'm the new king, uh, new yeah, dawn of- the hyenas. Yeah, lions and hyenas together. Unlucky. But we fade into the the desert, the bright desert. Yeah. The quite passed out Simba, lots of vultures, and here you get to Moon and Pumbaa charging at them. These guys. Yeah, these guys, they're, uh, they're great. They really are great. They work so well together. This is like probably one of the best examples ever of comic relief in a film. Yep. Like these guys are, are here for the laughs. They are. And it just delivers every time. Jeez, it's a lion. I love <laughs> Timon yelling in his ear. Are you nuts? And it echoes when yeah. he yells in there. <laughs> even, even like when Pumba's like, maybe he'll be on our side. <laughs> and Timon's just like, ah, oh, that's ridiculous. Hold on, I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> like I know it's been done before, it's been done since, but it still made me chuckle. What about the uh, the lighter puns? Like with, uh, he looks kind of blue. I'd, I'd say brownish gold. <laughs> no, I mean he's depressed. <laughs> Kid, what's eating? Nothing. He's at the top of the food chain. Ah! <laughs> God. 
That's good. We do have a lot of Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane, obviously, talking to each other in this film. They only ever saw each other once during the production. It was when they were walking past each other in the hall. Mm. Never did any voice recording together. Yeah, they bounced off each other really well, though. So much so that they went on to do the producers together. Yeah. But we get to Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Yes. What do you think of Akuna Matata? Great. Iconic. I'll put it third right now. I'll put it second. Okay. I would put it second. Yeah. I love how this has really changed to a sort of a brighter experience for Simi. It's so green. Lots of blues and reds from the yeah. bugs and yeah. all that. This is this is the next part of his life. It's it's great. What's the motto? Nothing. What's no. the matter with you? <laughs> There's so much of it. Like it's I know. it's nonstop. It's so good. Even Pumba's story. When I was a young warthog, he found his aroma like a certain appeal. I'm a sensitive soul. No, I seem thick skinned. <laughs> it was funny. I was watching it with the kids, and at the the very last line, when they're like, "Not in front of the kids." Oh, yeah. Is he asked me? She's like, well, "What did he? What was he supposed to say?" And I'm like, "Well, rot rhymes with hearted." She still didn't understand, so I said, "Farted," and then she laughed her eyes off. Yeah, yeah. my kids loved it. Yeah, but it hurt. <laughs> Okay, I really, really enjoy that. that There was actually supposed to be a Timon section as well for this Akuna Matata, but it got lost in storyboarding, so they actually put it into the third Lion King. Ah, yes. Which is called The Lion King 3 Akuna Matata. That's a weird one where Timon and Pumbaa are watching the first Lion King in the cinema. I thought that was the one and a half. I don't know. I know there's one where it is. No, I think one and a half is them watching it because number three is their story before. Yeah, but that's leading that's, up, leading up to them meeting Simba. Yeah, but they're watching it and then they like pause the theater one and then they say what happened before. I think that's one and a half. Okay, whatever. Oh, who cares? Who cares? They're all garbage anyway. I don't think I've seen any of them. Oh, maybe I've seen the second one. I've definitely saw the second one in primary school. Isn't, isn't Nev Campbell one I have of the no voices? Idea. That's all I know from that film. Okay. Oh, and I may as well just say it now. At the very end of this film, I always thought for a long time that the very first scene of the second one was at the end of this. When they when Timon and Pumbaa are like, oh, another beautiful boy. It's like, actually, it's a girl. And they're like, girl, hey, and they fall and they pass out. I always thought that was the end of this film. Turns out it's at the start of the second one. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Oh, okay. You don't remember a lot. Well, I haven't seen it. Like, I saw it when I was like... No, no, but even things you have seen many times, you usually forget. That's a superpower, all right? It's like <laughs> watching things for the first time again. You're jealous. That's true. What do you think of the transition to growing up? Yeah, it was good. In the nice moonlight. Yeah, it's interesting because apparently, so the way this is done is they transition, they change the background, then they change the growth of the of Simba. Background, Simba, background, Simba. Now, originally they actually had that happening at the exact same time and the animators felt that it was actually confusing and wasn't portraying a change of time at all. Okay. So they changed it to be slightly off by a few seconds. I think it works really well. Yeah, it works perfectly fine. But we cut back to Pride Rock and it is a wasteland. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows the sorrow. You're done. I've got a little bit of coconut today. There they are, standing in a row. Bum, bum, bum. Big one, small one, some as big as you. <laughs> hey, this stuff's all gold. Oh, it is. When I heard it in the movie. It's a small one. Oh, no, no. Anything with that. What's the problem with that song? <laughs> I love all the little mentions of Mufasa. And Scar just gets super annoyed. What did you say? I am the king. Never mention that name again. Yeah, he hits Sarabi. Yes, he's ten times the king Mufasa was, apparently. It's rough. <laughs> it's 
So we cut to Timon and Pumbaa laying on their backs looking up at the stars. Always a great thing to do late at night with friends. And I love Pumbaa's line. I always thought they were balls of gas burning billions of miles away. This is like, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, Simba explains the story of great kings of the past up in the stars looking down on everyone. Yeah, they're really mean to him here. Yeah, they are. And he's, you know, a little, little depressed here, so... He- was it something I said? Like, yes, Timon. Yes, of course it was. <laughs> so he goes off and has a slump somewhere else. Did you know about this whole... Dust- SFX, yeah. SF- yeah, all that. Yep. There was rumours that when Simba collapsed uh, on the cliff after talking with Timon and Pumbaa, the dust that flies off the cliff formed the word sex. It's funny because I was actually watching it looking for the sex mm. and it's not there and I read later that they took it out for later um, reiterations of the film because they don't need that controversy. But no. Not surprisingly because you're always looking for the sex. Yep. But we cut back to Rafiki and the payoff of the original shot of Rafiki doing the lion uh, scribble, I guess, on his tree. It is time. I've said it is time a lot. I never knew where I got it from. Really? Yes. Do you say it like that? It is time. I do. I say it like that. Anyway. I'll tell you, I've probably seen this film probably more than I think, actually, because I remember when this came out on VHS, they had this playing at, I guess, the local supermarket for like like a year. And you count those as watches, obviously. Well, you add them all up. I probably watched an extra five or six times. If I, every time I went to the, the, the supermarket, I'd sit there and watch that while mum went and did shopping. So add all those together. See, there's a lot. Fair enough. We get Nala showing up. Yes. the handsome pig. I love the, uh, the out-of-focus shot of her in the, like in the background when, when Pumbaa doesn't realise that she's there yet. He's too busy focused on this big blue grub. That's great. Mm. He just freaks out, this big chase through the... Through yeah, the it's pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. It's stuck, of course. Unlucky. Jeez, yep. Pumbaa, why do I always have to save you? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But, of course, Simba jumps in time, just in time to save the day. And Nala pins him. Oh, so Timba gives a... See, I told you'd come in handy. <laughs> He literally said Timber. Timber. <laughs> Timber. Timber. That's, that's the cross of Timon and Pumba. <laughs> yes, Nala. Moira Kelly. Yeah, she's good. She is. Timon's really good here. Hey, what's going on here? Yeah, I love how Pumba. Just your meet, Majesty. Your Majesty. <laughs> I gravel at your feet. <laughs> <laughs> you think you know a guy. <laughs> Because at this point, Simba still blames himself because he thinks he killed Mufasa, so he doesn't want to go back. Like Obviously, he's when Nala's like, you have to come back and save the Pride Lands, he's like, no, I can't go back. Like It's not going to happen. He left for a reason. Yeah. Did you hear about this extra subplot they were going to put in this film? So originally, Scar was going to send Nala as a fully grown lion away from Pride Lands. Oh, I did hear that. ignored romantic approaches. Sexual approaches. Yeah. After she finds out Simba's alive and well with Timon and Pumbaa. They actually include this in all the stage versions. Yes, they do. To flesh out the female characters a bit more. But they did abandon this uh, in the film as sexual harassment was considered improper in a family film. I think it's just considered improper, yeah? I mean, there's sexual harassment in films. That you can have sexual harassment in film. I worded that wrong. You did. And they, yeah, they did have fear that it would turn into a PG-13 film. Yeah, fair enough. But we get Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Great song. Great song. Fantastic song. Where would you put this? <sighs> Probably one. Probably above Be Prepared. Nah, two. I'll put two. Well, you've already said Be Prepared's your favourite, so... That's a good point. You're not going to back down on that, you stubborn bastard. But I love how they're singing, like, uh, Nala and Simba are singing their thoughts. Like, yeah. They're not, they're not singing it, but we hear it. 
That's good. It is good. And you can see them bonding again. They're bonding. Nala licks him, right, and then gives him the, the biggest doomy eyes the of doomy all time. Eyes, my God. <laughs> that sort of look down with the eyes looking up like, oh, hey, big boy. <laughs> yeah, that's, if that's not a look, I don't know what is. Yeah. And even at the end with Timon and Pumbaa finishing off, the, finishing off the song, as they start crying, are they crying because it's like a, an emotional sadness or are they crying because they're losing their friend? They're crying because they're losing Zimba. Yes. I've always thought that. Yes. And if he falls in love. <laughs> Great. But as uh, high as the highs, so is the lows as they have an argument pretty quickly after that. Yep. And uh, he runs away. Runs away. Screams at the stars. You said you'd always be there for me. I defy you, stars. Wrong movie. Yes. <laughs> what, what cut did you watch? <laughs> <gasps> yeah, you said you'd always be there for me. That's that's a tough line. Like, it's good. Yeah, but who pops up here? That's much banana. Good old Rafiki. He's such a weird character. He's supposed to be, isn't he? Mufasa is alive. Follow old Rafiki. He knows the way. <laughs> Even the looking in the water to you know, see the reflection is just like... You see, he lives in you. It's good stuff. Look, there's a, there's look a line here. Harder. There's a line here where Simba asks, "No, stop saying that. What does it mean anyway?" And Rafiki says, "It means you're a baboon, and I'm not." I always thought he said buffoon. Did you? Yeah, fair enough. That's that's pretty weird. But always great to have Mufasa come back. This was great. Yeah. This again, the score, the the build up of this score here, James Earl Jones. This this line. I mean, that quote and score is... Remember. It's on point. No, please, don't leave me. Father. Don't leave me. Ah, so good. (laughs) And even Rafiki teaching some life lessons here to Simba straight after. Whacks him with his stick. Yep. And he's just like, hey, why'd you do that? And he says... Doesn't matter. It's in the past. It's in the past. So you can either run from it or learn from it. And of course he ducks. Yes. And he says he's going back. Good. Go on. Get out of here. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Nala scares the shit out of Timon, waking him up here. How great is it when Nala, Timon, Pumbaa and Simba go back to Pride Rock and Timon looks at it and goes, we're going to fight your uncle for this? <laughs> this is my home. Oh, I'll talk about your fixer-upper. <laughs> but you missed a very important part. Rafiki shows up and tells them that the king has returned. He's gone back. And this whole interaction here. Who's the Simba's come back to challenge Scar. Who? Scar. Who's got a Scar? No, no, no. It's his uncle. The monkey's his uncle? No. Simba's gone back to challenge his uncle to take his place as king. Oh. But before we get to the epic battle, we got Timon doing a little hula dance. Now that line, what do you want me to do, dress and drag and do the hula, was completely improvised by Nathan Lane. It was actually supposed to be like a disco Saturday Night Fever dance that he was going to do. A little interesting tidbit there for you. Do you know Nathan Lane from anything? The Birdcage. Are you a Birdcage fan? I saw it so long ago, I can barely remember the film. I saw it a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I wasn't big on it. But we get the devastating Sarabi! <laughs> Sarabi! <laughs> yes, no. She annoys. She annoys Scar. He hits her, and 
here appears Simba, and they all think it's Mufasa. Well, he looks like him. How good's that? I love it. No, you're dead. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. But Scar gets Simba. It's like even now he's still just yeah you know, manipulating. Yeah, manipulating him, him. D- convincing gets him. Gets him to say he's responsible still. for Mufasa's death. You see, he admits it. Murderer. No, I'm not a murderer. <laughs> He pushes him back to the edge of the Pride Rock. How ironic that he slips off just as the lightning strikes to create a massive fire underneath. Mm. And, of course, Scar's got to do the classic villain tendency here, reveal his plot, his plan, for that that split second for Simba to fly back up and pin him to the ground. So big fight breaks out. Yeah, once, big fight. Once Scar reveals it, Rafiki channels his inner Bruce oh, Lee here. Mate, I loved this when I was a kid, and I still love it now. Yeah, it's really good. Very random though. Well, what do you expect in this kind of film? Timon and Pumbaa. Did Did you just call him a pig? They call me Mr. Pig. I didn't actually realize that this was a reference to Mr. Tibbs. Mr. Tibbs. Yeah. Because yeah. when I watched it when I was young, I was like, okay, that joke was weird. I didn't really think it was that funny, and I realise it's now a strong reference to another film. Hmm. But we head to the top of the Pride Rock for the final battle. Yes. Simba and Scar. And Scar says it was all the hyena's fault. Idiot. Yes. Should not have said that. He's um, never going to change Simba's mind. The hyenas obviously hear it. Yes. But uh, Simba, he's too kind. Tells him to run, run away and never return. But now we get this yeah, pretty epic battle. Slow-mo. Slow-mo. Flames in the background, epic music. Yeah, there's like big loud crashes when the, the yeah. paws connect with the faces. Yeah, and big. even the even the shot of Scar coming out of the clouds or the smoke. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Simba kicks him off the, the edge. Yep. Of course he survives because we can't have our heroes killing other people. That's right. Or lions, as it were. And pretty gruesome death here. Very, very gruesome for a kid's G-rated I know we see the shadows only of it, but the hyenas, like, tear them apart. Now, up until this point, I always wondered, oh, where'd the hyenas go? Scar died. Where'd the hyenas go? Burnt up in the flames. Mm. Never realised that. Yep. Did you hear about the alternate ending that they were originally going to have? Maybe. Refresh my memory from this morning. (laughs) (laughs) So after their battle on the top of Pride Rock, Scar's actually left hanging off the edge. And asks Simba for mercy, saying that Simba's not like him and that he's not a murderer and asks him for his forgiveness. Simba pulls him up, but he's actually thrown over by Scar to the raging fire below, but actually lands safely in a tree. At that point, thinking that Simba's dead, Scar starts to laugh with his victory before being burned alive in the fire. Not as good. Nowhere near as good. But Pride Rock on fire and the rain, it comes and uh, yeah, sort of washes the old away. Yes, exactly. You know, big triumphant music comes on. Everyone starts to... It's Simba. Take his rightful spot as king. They start bowing. Great music, yeah. I mean, And the yeah. roar. The roar's great. Yep. Right at the top of Pride Rock. Full circle of life stuff. Yep. He's the, he's the king. He's the boss. He's the man. And then we cut to basically the start of the film again. Only, like you said, circle of life. It's back around. With them welcoming in their new cub. Everyone's bowing. And it's a fantastic finish. Yeah, that's the end. Any last words? All right, Dean. Final thoughts on The Lion King. The Lion King. The Lion King. The French version. <laughs> Uh, The Lion King is, it really, I mean, the short runtime just forces it to be so fast paced. I never thought this was a fast paced film as a kid, but you watch it now and every beat happens so quickly, almost too quickly. Like, I just, I love this movie so much. I want more of it, which is a good way to be, leaving the audience wanting more. 
it is so funny. I know all the jokes and I'm still laughing. And when you have a scene, like, you have all this humour, but you also have one of the saddest scenes in a movie of all time, in Mufasa's death, obviously. It really has a big impact on you. The heroes are great. The villain in Scar, even the hyenas, they're all, they're so great. They're so iconic. Like, this movie is a part of my childhood, and it's great being able to put it on now and watch it with my kids. So, I love this movie so much for all the reasons we've talked about, and it definitely gets a... Amazing. Outstanding. From me. What about you, Hendo? Yeah, once again, mate, I agree completely. This film is just a staple of my childhood. It was the first film I ever saw at the cinemas. I bawled my eyes out when I was a young seven-year-old checking this out. Through my teens, where I you know, got this on video, DVD, it's a short film, but it doesn't need to be any longer. It tells the story so pristine and tightly here. It never skips a beat. you got some iconic Iconic characters in Simba, Mufasa, Scar, some amazing voice performances here. James Earl Jones, Jeremy Irons, these two, it's fantastic. I forgot to even mention Timon and Pumbaa, like you said, classic comedy duo here that just amps up those laughs. Even when you, from when you're a kid to an adult, there's jokes here that I didn't even get until I watched it as an adult. It's fantastic. The score, Hans Zimmer's score is Oh, simply delicious. This soundtrack as well is on point. I can't express how much I love this film. This is one of the all-time greats. I've watched this at least 10, 15 times. I guarantee you I'm going to watch it another 10, 20 times more in my lifetime. Without question, this is... Amazing. Outstanding. For me too. Fantastic. I was the best because the crowd loved me. Okay, Dean, let's have a look at where The Lion King's going to slip into our rankings. All right, well, for me, from what we've watched, so currently I have 12 movies that I give a five-star rating to on my list, and The Lion King is actually on the lower side of these films. So if we start at number 12, The Terminator, I do think it is better than The Terminator, but that is actually where it's going to stop. I do think Casino and Silence of the Lambs and Die Hard are a better film than The Lion King. So for me... It's going to be my new number 12. What about you, Hendo? Okay, I'm going to start at the number 15 spot. Is that your lowest five-star ranked film? That's right. And it is better than Monty Python and the Holy Grail for me. It is better than The Terminator, The Prestige, Your Name, The Wizard of Oz. Oh, here we go. Batman Begins. How do you? La La Land, better than Toy Story. And it comes up to Die Hard, the number seven spot. God, and I, th- I think it's better than Die Hard which puts up to number six for No Country for Old Men. And yep, it's better than No Country for Old Men. Taking on the number five spot with The Silence of the Lambs, uh, nah, that's that's where it's going to stop. I think The Silence of the Lambs is better than The Lion King. So The Lion King is going to be my new number six. Impressive. All right, we're going to play you a quick promo here from awesome listener to the show, Rob Manafield and his podcast, the F1 Everything Podcast. Now, Dean... If you're into Formula One and everything under the sun about Formula One, this is the man for you, the F1 Everything Podcast. Yes, Rob, you are the man for me. We adore what you do, so keep up the good work. All right, so we'll play your promo for the podcast and we'll see you on the other side. Hello there, I'm Rob Manifold and I host F1 Everything Podcast. As a sport, Formula One has many stories to tell and here on F1 Everything, I tell those stories varying from classic rivalries such as Senna vs Prost, to controversial Grand Prix weekends such as the 2005 US Grand Prix, a race where only six cars competed, to some of the sport's darker moments such as the events of the 1994 San Marino Grand Prix, as well as the stars of the show themselves, the drivers. 
So far, the likes of Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel and Ayrton Senna have all received the F1 Everything treatment. F1 Everything Podcast is available on all your usual podcast apps, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and one of my favourite apps, Podcast Addict. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show five stars, and follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. I'm Rob Manifield, and I'll see you around the next corner. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show to get our name out there and there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. You know, let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and another personal favourite of mine, CastBox. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can contact us on Twitter at twitter.com slash imdbjourney, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash imdbjourney, or you can email us at imdbjourney at gmail.com. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. And like we've put out there now, if you just want to leave a review, send us a DM to us on our Twitter and we'll send you out a little bit of sweet merch here. We actually have a couple of reviews recently, Dean. First one here from Old School Pants. These guys had me laughing from the word go. So great to get to know these guys through the show and on Twitter, and I look forward to the show every week. Thanks for that, mate. And another one here from Skullsy95. Honestly, I never thought I would like a movie review podcast, especially after hearing a fair few garbage ones. But the guys at IMDb Journey have somehow made it work. I can't explain how, but it's like someone has given my ears a love potion. Whoa. What do you make of that one, Dean? I enjoy love potions. My own homemade love potions. Oh, boy. I don't yeah. think anyone wants to have that love potion in their ears. Well, there's a first for everything. <laughs> or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, that's right. What have we got coming up this week, Kendo? Well, Dean, we're into our new film series over on our Patreon, and we are tackling the Mission Impossible franchise. Yes, we are. So, of course, we'll always start with the first one, which well, is I mean, Mission obviously. Impossible. Well, yeah. Definitely. Well, you know, there was the consideration one. for the fourth, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, Mission Impossible. It's a franchise that has been going on for 23 years now. It's evolved a lot since the first one. So looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, so I expect a lot of Tom Cruise acting like an absolute maniac. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. All right, Dean, let's get into... We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this could be it. And we actually got a fair few reviews for The Lion King, mate. Let's look over on Twitter first. First one, from the Cinema Guys. The original Lion King is one of Disney's best animated films. It is still so much fun to watch and sing along with. Next up, from Always a Critic Movie Podcast, they say perfection can't be achieved. Well, tell that to the crew of 1994's Disney classic, The Lion King. The story, the characters, the music, it is fantastic. Here's one from Sal Krachowski. What else to call it but a classic? First film to ever make me cry. Lying on the floor of my third grade music class, I can recall the beginnings of film obsession slowly incubating. At that moment, along the walls of my young mind. 9 out of 10. Next up, from Ryan Alteri. Yay! This is my Lion King. I don't know who that photorealistic imposter is. I mean, this one has the producers themselves, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. Here's a short and sweet one from Motivator X 23 
Not much to say, only that it's my favourite movie. You think you'd have more to say if it was your favourite <laughs> film. Last one on Twitter here from Skullsy95. Call me an arsehole, but I actually don't like this film. Well, we need to have both sides of the conversation here, don't we? It seems predictable and just another carbon copy of Disney magic. Magic's a good thing to copy, mate. My wife has a Akuna Matata tattoo and it's almost divorce-worthy. <laughs> Two out of ten, come on. Wow. <sighs> And let's head over to Patreon for our awesome patrons. First one here from Chris Beardsall, 25 years later, and it's easy to say this is a classic. Disney had a hot streak in the 90s and The Lion King reigned supreme. Somehow the animation of this film looks even better today than it did at the time of release. The songs are outstanding and I remember having the soundtrack on cassette on constantly during family trips when I was a kid. I'm looking forward to the Favreau adaptation, but it won't come close to touching this phenomenal film. Great review there, Chris. And our last one from Ben Mulverhill. A favourite of mine when I was young, and now I'm older, I appreciate even more the quality animated production that it is. Now, thank you very much, everyone, for your reviews, but of course we've got... Prior to today, I rewatched The Lion King back in 2012 and was absolutely blown away by it. Before that, the last time I probably watched it was in the 90s. The Lion King was a childhood favourite. I saw it at the cinemas on my ninth birthday. I even played Scar in my my primary school theatre production. But for whatever reason, when I hit my teens and then 20s, I just saw it as a cartoon movie that was good, but nothing major. That assumption was wrong. The Lion King hits a mark in virtually every area of storytelling and filmmaking that you can hardly find a fault with it at all. The animation, the characters the songs, it's all tremendously awesome. What surprised me most on this viewing is how damn funny the film is. The Lion King isn't even a comedy, but it has more jokes that hit than many movies that depend on it. I haven't seen the remake yet, but from all accounts, it is apparently a copy and paste of this movie with the added CGI and ultimately pointless. When are they going to understand that animation doesn't age? It's CGI that looks crap in 10 years. Completely agree, Shane. Fantastic point. As I was watching The Lion King today, I saw the runtime was a tight 90 minutes. I thought to myself, even without adding anything new, I bet the remake will be padded out to two hours. Looked it up on IMDb Journey and yeah. Do you realise what you just said? What did I say? Looked it up on IMDb Journey. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Thank you very much, Shane. Thanks, Shane. Awesome review. Five stars there from Shane. All right, let's get into... Answer my question! The question, jerk! We asked you, what is your favourite 2D non-animate animated film? Okay, let's take a look at some responses for people who didn't pick our number one film. First one here from Kate Robinhood. Next up from Amy Smith, Beauty and the Beast. Pinto Comics Sir John says The Iron Giant. Cap and Magnifico Spacecom says... The Yellow Submarine. Bit of a different choice there. It is a bit of a different choice. Have you seen The Yellow Submarine? No, I haven't. I have. It's not very good. Well, it's not my cup of tea. What about this one? Movies Unhacked says, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. Never heard of it. Never seen it. Speaking of which, Tom Hanks Defence Force says, Waltz with Bashir for Jack. I don't even know what those words mean. Neither do I. The Reanimator Pod says, The Last Unicorn, oldie but a stone classic. An honourable mention to Persepolis. You heard of that film? No. The 10th Rule Radio says Heavy Metal. Man, I haven't heard of that either. There's a lot I have not heard of here. Look at this. Mayor of Nilbog, Felide. Heard of that? No. What's going on here? I feel really out of the loop. Jeffrey Care says Pinocchio. And our last one on Twitter from Broke Boy Media, The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, boy. Because it's... Yes, I know. Well done. Broke Boy. 
Let's take a look over on Facebook from Chris Waldridge, The Emperor's New Group. Oh, hell yeah. I love that movie. Great that is, movie. It's so funny, that film. Uh, next up from Michelle Jane Aladdin. Josephine Olnitz says Cinderella. Last one here on Facebook from Tom Powell, who clearly has fantastic taste. Batman Under the Red Hood. All right, thank you very much, everyone, for putting in your responses. But, Dean, let's get to our top five 2D non-anime animated films. All right, Dean, kick it off, mate. What's your number five? All right, my number five is Under the Red Hood. I figure there's going to be at least one Batman film on your list, of course. Well, my number five is The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, nice. Yes. My number four is Aladdin. Aladdin, nice. It's a good choice. It's a very good choice. My number four is South Park. Bigger, longer, and uncut. Nice. Yeah, no, I considered it, but nah. Didn't make my list. Number three for me, as you've mentioned, The Dark Knight Returns. Ah, fair enough. My number three is The Iron Giant. Really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't never realise you loved it as much as film Twitter do. Well, now you do. Oh, no, I never watched it as a kid. That was my problem. I mm. never watched it as a kid. I watched it recently and I was like, okay. Oh, come on, mate. Oh. Have a heart. Oh. All right. Number two, mate. Speaking of heart, my number two, The Lion King. Number two, hey? Mm. My number two is Aladdin. I think I can guess what your number one is. I think I can guess what your number one is. Well, my number one is the greatest Batman story ever told. Of course, it's a Batman film. Mask of the Phantasm. Boom. Fair enough. Not my favourite uh, Batman film, of course, but my number one is, of course, The Lion King. Of course. Okay, and we ended up having 16 people who chose The Lion King as their favourite film of all time over our Twitter, Facebook and Patreon. And was there even more that chose Mask of the Phantasm? There was zero. God damn it. So we'll do a quick random draw here to see who's going to win this week's challenge. And our winner is, oh, Colby Mack. Hey, Colby. Colby. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Colby for your awesome pick there of The Lion King. Uh, we'll get in contact with you and we'll send you out some awesome merch. Do you mean sweet, sweet merch? It varies from time to time. We're both masters. Who won? How did it end? All right, Dean, let's find out the results of the latest Pod v Pod 23 movie draft between us and KT and Odie from the For Your Reference podcast in our draft on Blumhouse Films. Now, of course, they were Team 1, and they had Get Out, Upgrade, Split, Insidious, and The Purge. We were Team 2, and we had Whiplash, The Black Klansman, Paranormal Activity, Halloween, and The Gift. And let's take a look at some responses here. First one from Matt Neglia at the Next Best Picture podcast has gone with the IMDb Journey podcast. Legend. Next up from Julio at the Contrarians podcast. I want to say both teams lose because neither has truth or dare. Come on, Julio. Julio, just get off the Contrarian side, would you? <laughs> Tell us what you really feel. Kevin Brackett says, a close one, but IMDb Journey. Joe Stevenson says, for your reference, haven't seen Black Klansman yet though, so that potentially could swing my vote. Too little, too late. Yeah, a bit late, mate. Louis Ream says, for your reference, for the inclusion of Get Out, though I'll ignore the inclusion of the sick and twisted The Purge. Cinema Recall says, IMDb Journey for the win. For your reference, loses all the points for including Insidious on their list. See, it only takes one film. Dudes Ilyasova says, for your reference, Whiplash is the best film of all, but Upgrade is the Dark Horse. Carolina says, IMDb Journey has the best lineup, but Get Out. I mean, come on. I'm only voting for For Your Reference because of Get Out. Well, that's not very nice. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kathleen Kaiser says, no question, the IMDb Journey. Ethan May says, IMDb Journey. The Pop Poor Review podcast says, it pains me to pick IMDb Journey because Get Out is in For Your Reference podcast. But Whiplash, Black Klansman, Halloween and The Gift are all amazing. Last one here from Hunk Rio. For Your Reference earns points for 
split and get out, but overall, the combination of Whiplash and Black Klansman gets IMDb Journey my vote. Now, thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response there, but let's get to the results. 123 votes. I think that's that could be our biggest. It was large. 51%. Like I said, there was, the result went back and forth at least nine times. It was epic. Yeah, it some, came down to the wire. Someone lost by one vote. And it was us, it unfortunately. Was us. It was. Oh, well, we're on a losing streak now, Dean. This is what it feels like. Ah, well done to KT and Odie for a very well-fought victory there. You did well, and you got it. Very good. Bravo. Could not have happened to a nicer couple. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! Okay, Dean, it's time to find out the results of the back half of the first round of the 1980s film tournament. First match up here. Back to the Future takes out Paris, Texas with a 77% victory. Next up, Die Hard takes out Run, 81%. Next one here was a little bit closer. It was Aliens that takes out the Princess Bride Mm. with a 58% victory. That is close. A lot of love for the Princess Bride out there. Oh, another close one here. We have Return of the Jedi taking out Stand By Me, 55%. Our next one here was a massive blowout. Raiders of the Lost Ark takes out Castle in the Sky, 88%. Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade this time... Takes out the Elephant Man, 57%. The next match here is The Shining. Takes out Dead Poet Society, 70%. And lastly, we had Amadeus knocking out Come and See, 74%. Okay, so a lot of those were pretty one-sided. But let's take a look at the final 16 matches. First match here is Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back against Raging Bull. Next up, we have Once Upon a Time in America up against Platoon. Grave of the Fireflies is going to take on Blade Runner. The Terminator takes on The Thing. We've got a monster here. Back to the Future versus Die Hard. Ooh. Wow. Uh, Can't see a blowout there. No. We have Aliens up against Return of the Jedi. That's going to be an interesting one too. I'm sensing a blowout. What about this one? It's the Battle of the Indies. Raiders of the Lost Ark versus Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I don't think this will be close. I never said it was. It's just an indie battle. And lastly here, we have The Shining taking on Amadeus, and I have no doubt who will win that one. Well, we'll see, won't we? Yes, we will come and see. Fair enough. So, what's next? All right, Dean, it's time to find out the next movie we're going to be breaking down. Yes, let's find out together, Hendo. (laughs) Okay. So, I remember you saying before you picked Groundhog Day, that you wanted to do something that wasn't foreign, wasn't black and white. Well, here we go. Wasn't animated. So it's going to be a foreign black and white animated film. It's going to be two of those things. And let's replace animated with old. We're going to pick an old foreign black and white film. It is from a director that we haven't done yet that has many films on the IMDb Top 250 list. Can I guess? You should know by now. Is it Seventh Seal? It is the Seventh Seal. (laughs) We're going to do Igmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal. Okay. Mainly because I feel like this is a film that I watched a while ago that I didn't give a... Not a it's not so much a, a positive review. It's just I feel like I need to watch it again. This is the, the Igmar Bergman film I'd like to watch again to see. Is it is it worth it? Max von Sydow. That's right. Yep. Chess on the Beach. Yep. All about that sort of stuff. Oh, I haven't seen it. No. I'm interested to see what you think about it, and I'm really interested to go back and check it out. Ian McKellen as death? That's, that's the last action hero. Of course it is. <laughs> I just want to mention that movie again. Awesome. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for The Lion King. Thanks for coming down and chatting The Lion King with me, mate. No worries. Thanks for uh, having you. Well, you haven't had me, Hendo. Not today. (laughs) But more importantly, thank you to all our listeners and all of our patrons who make all of this possible. Yes, absolutely. Thank you to everyone out there who's been listening to the podcast. Dean, next week we've got Pod v Pod 24. Going to have another couple of awesome guests. 
appearing. We're going to be talking about what else we've been watching. Now, I'll say that that section is going to be less this time, taking a step back on some movies. Have you watched any at all yet? Nah, I started watching this TV show on Netflix. It's a documentary about this guy whose name is like Wiz Khalifa, wrongfully put in prison, all that sort of stuff. It's really good. Can you watch a movie at least? I'll try to watch one, Hendo, just for you. Well, we will be putting out a bonus episode on the new Lion King coming out. That'll be out on Monday. But after that, we'll have our next main episode. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next time for Pod v Pod 24. Bye. Bye.